Hello, my name is Scott Garrison. You may remember me as Scott the Barber or just as Ron and Carla's son. I've been involved in our community since opening Scott's Barbershop on the southeast corner of 3rd and Main in 1998. Now I'm back in the same building as Garrison Financial. I started investing in my 20s. I invested through the dot-com crash and the Great Recession. I started caring for other people's money in 2018, and I truly enjoy sitting down with my clients, understanding their wants and needs, as well as what keeps them up at night. Whether my friends just want me to invest a little of their savings or want me to work with their tax and legal professionals to strive towards optimal efficiency, we can do it all. I believe communication is key to helping my clients reach their goals. For if we are faithful over a few things, we shall be given more. Contact me at scott at soonerwealth.com. Securities offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker-dealer member FINRA and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Garrison Financial and Cambridge are not affiliated. This communication is strictly intended for individuals residing in the states of Colorado, Nevada, Oklahoma, and Texas. No offers may be made or accepted from any resident outside the specific states referenced. Cambridge does not offer tax and legal advice. If you build it, he will. It's the Skinny on Sports Podcast with Aaron Couch. I throw balls far. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. Now, here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Calc with The Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. And a good Garrison Financial Friday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to The Skinny on Sports right here on 98.1 FM, The Sports Animal. Glad to have you along for the next hour can uh, kind of update you on the OK Kids State Softball Tournaments and also Regional Baseball, what got played out here on the west side of the state. 12U girls, uh, 12U softball down in Ada. Some teams competing there as well. So we can talk about that. Obviously, the NBA draft last night. What did you think about what the Thunder did in moving up to draft? What seems to be a redundancy or does this signal something totally different? I think the, we, we talk about this in the NFL draft, but I think this is a pick that we can discuss in the NBA draft, and that is need or fit versus just who's the best player, irregardless of position. Does it draft pick last night? Because I, I think in the back of our minds, or maybe in the front of some of our minds, we were pretty sure that Presti was going to draft what would what would be considered a project. I don't think that's what happened. And for the second straight year, you see him drafting guys projects. Jalen Williams comes to mind. Chet Holmgren, you know, obviously the two pick, you it's a different deal, but in the middle of the draft, kind of late lottery or so, drafting guys that are built and ready to go now with J Dub and now with Cason Wallace not seeming like, you know, one of these guys that you're going to play. I mean, he might get some time with the blue, but that's not going to be maybe his main assignment all year. So is this different? Or does this tell us that Sam Presti believes this team is further along than he's letting on by getting more of a guy that can help win now versus help win in a couple of years? Who else did well in your mind around the league? And then also – Man, we've got to have a serious conversation about the fashion that these dudes are throwing out there. <laughs> yes, I was hoping that'd be a. I'm going to tell you, there, there is one guy <laughs> that I absolutely wanted the Thunder to draft, and when I saw what the heck he had on, I went, "Hmm, his that might be a bad choice." Based on his. Fashion sense, yes. his draft stock went down. In yeah, I'm for, I was thinking, you know what? <laughs> if he's going to pick to wear that, he could probably make some bad decisions. That's on exactly the court. right, and and it's hard, you know, it's hard to say that with, you know, two of the best, what, four or five players in franchise history, and some of the choices they make or have made with fashion being Shea and, and Russell. Obvious. I mean, there's some wild stuff there, but man, I really did when I saw on Twitter what one guy had. I went. Red flag. Red flag. Uh, and also, uh, Scotty G, not here yet. I don't know if he's coming. Maybe he doesn't realize it's Friday. Maybe he's somewhere else. 
But I looked up uh, College World Series is into the finals, all SEC final. And um, so I looked up some economic impact numbers for the, the city of Omaha and also for Rocco's. If you don't know what Rocco's is, we'll tell you about it right here at the top. 225-9698 is the phone or the text line. That is 225-9698. Give us a call, shoot us a text. We can talk about any of those things. What else might be on your mind, feel free to chime in at 225-9698. If you're going to be outside the listening area, stay in touch with the show a couple of ways. Log on to kadsam.com. Download the app. It's got it all. Radio. All three radio stations. It's got the Penny News. Big Elk and Paragon TV when those things are live during the high school seasons. We got that all in the app. So everything we got is right there. And then, of course, Skinny on Sports podcast, which I was so devastated to realize hadn't been uploaded today because I was going to pull some sound from the end of the show yesterday. But I can find that, Jared. Don't worry about it. I can find it in the recordings folder. I just literally thought about this. So I think there's some sound in there that I want to play. Okay, I'll do right now, like today. No, no, yeah, oh, oh yeah, yeah. I'm gonna play it in the next segment. I could tell you where it's at. Well, I know where it's at. Yesterday's show. You're, yeah, I can find it. I know where it's. I, you're I know saving where receipts. It. Is this what's happening? Uh, I'm a little nervous now. Did I'm I gonna, say something that was kind of I wrong? Said, no. Is it gonna be played over an intercom at a school in the future? What's <laughs> going on here? Nope, nope. I will. Uh, okay. We'll we'll lead into the next segment. Okay. With that sound. <laughs> okay. That's what we'll do. All right. Uh, anyhow, so two two five nine six nine eight, Texas. What do you think about the Thunder's draft? What about your kids' teams? I know there's some got played, some didn't. Some, I, I have no. I hope you know the changes to the bracket. I didn't even at look. least the ones I'm involved. Let's say with. I, I mean I didn't. I know what I've got to. I wasn't sure about the rest. If it was even updated on the site, I have no idea. I didn't get to that far. Okay, so Jared, how are you today? I'm good. I'm I'm good. Crazy day yesterday with ball and uh, that storm coming through. We lost power at our house for a good... See? Uh, let me think about this. Went off about 5.45, 6 o'clock. Came back about maybe 8.30, something like that. I noticed... Fortunately, uh, Oak City didn't lose power because we just ran into town and bought, grabbed a pizza. And Well, I, it must have <laughs> flickered. Because when we got home, yeah, so, I mean, we literally drove to Weatherford, pulled into the parking lot at the fields. We sat there for probably 10 minutes-ish, mm-hmm. 10 to 15, and then went and ate dinner. And then as we were eating dinner, it was obvious that there was no chance in the world we are going to play again. And so, drove home. And I, the, the power must have went out for just a second or flickered or something here because our... um garage door yeah thing was beeping when we got home yeah so we just had to kind of unplug that reset it and then it was our, all good our door does that too i have to reset it every time yeah, yeah. i didn't know that was a thing our um, old one didn't do that but this one does it is a craftsman or do you know the brand uh, i didn't it, i can i am fully uh i just unplugged I the power exactly how to do it plugged it back yeah. in and it was all good but yeah we were supposed to go back to weatherford for the 10u right um so you actually weren't as, there we weren't there. They they both the AU and Tenu got one game in, and we're the Tenu was going to play one more at seven forty five. So we planned on leaving the house at about six, and we got a message: Hey, they're on a rain delay. They're on a hold. Yeah, I'll text and let everybody know when probably hit the road. And next text about thirty minutes later said, "It is done today." Yeah, rest assured. By six o'clock, when you were going to leave, there was no sense in leaving. I guess the hope was, yeah, it's raining here in Beckham and Washita County. Maybe it will dissipate or not hit Weatherford or Clinton directly, but it just followed I forty. There was a point there as it was coming into into town here where it looked like it was kind of moving a little bit more to the south. That's what I was thinking. It would maybe. I thought by the time it got to to at least Weatherford for us, maybe it would be south of the interstate and you know where the ball fields are. It's. A little bit north sure. you know so yeah. if it's south of the interstate there's not a lot of precipitation up there but then all of a sudden it almost started kind of building back north and then moving straight east yeah it was uh it rained hard there for a little bit uh, no doubt about it it did we were sitting in the house and it was it was windy 
of course we had some down power lines in this area and and when I saw that or heard that I thought well, we're going to be out of power I mean if we're out of power then Elk City's going to be out of power I was kind of surprised and happy that Elk City did not lose power like yeah. I said we took it like well it's just we're sitting on the couch just waiting for that power to come back it's like it's pretty evident it's not coming back anytime soon so we need to figure out dinner my wife's like I don't want to cook in the dark We'll load them up. Let's go grab a pizza. So yeah, it looked like it, what an internet tower fell onto the power lines. Is that what? It's, it's uh, I haven't dived too much into it, but that's what it looks like. Yeah. My when I see tower down, I immediately turned on ninety six point five. No, listen. <laughs> <clears throat> so we were driving over there, and your news is coming to an end on KECO. Of course, I had it just kind of seeing what the weather updates were. Yeah. And as your news is coming to an end, then there's a, the ad, then there's a kind of a little bit of a delay there, which I don't understand. It was like a couple seconds. And then started into, and it literally, as I was, my report, as I'm coming in, the it goes, and I thought, oh, tower got hit. The immediate thought was, oh my gosh. But then it, I mean, it was just a couple of seconds, yeah. and then it was back. Then, But you could tell the lightning strikes were affecting it, it yep. at least close enough to kind of scare it just a little bit. Right. But everything seemed to uh, to make it through okay, which was nice. The rain and all that. and Anyhow, and just looking out that window, it looks like it could be raining here pretty quick again. I got a rain alert earlier. Did you? Definitely going to make that ground out the golf course a lot softer. Well, I, I mean, as far as but driving. we might be doing it in the rain, <laughs> driving some T-posts. As far as driving T-posts, this is going to be one of the easier years in the last few yep, because of the softness out there. All right, so uh, College World Series. Man, I got to watch, by the time we got home, maybe the last three innings, I guess, which was shocking. The game went it, – it was so funny to look because on the, the guide for our TV, you know, like the times, mm-hmm. that, yeah. game went, that game went a full 11 innings and still finished ahead of what the guide <laughs> had laid out for it. In the time frame, just awesome. It was a, it was nothing, nothing into the bottom of the eleventh. I can't remember going back. I can't remember if I was watching it live or just watching replays. The inning, uh, Wake Forest lays it down. Looks like they execute a perfect squeeze, and the LSU first baseman makes the play of the tournament. Yeah, uh, to throw the runner out at home, the only play he had. Just uh, that was an awesome play. The, the pitching for both sides was absolutely every bit of what you were hoping for and it, it was one of the things in the you know carl ravich and, and uh, peterson what's his first name i can't remember I can't it's not doug i want to say doug but it's kyle kyle <laughs> peterson uh one of the the analysts they kept on saying man you just don't get hyped up sporting events live up to that hype very often and the, and that one absolutely did last night yeah between wake forest and lsu uh it was the First time in the aluminum bat era that dates back to, I think, 1974, that two starters, both starters in a game, went seven-plus and gave up three or less hits. And both of those guys did that last night on each side. Uh, and in the end, the guy with the change, I mean, they call him Tanks. It's his nickname because <laughs> he dry, because he hits Tanks. Uh, and he, he hit a two-run home run in the bottom of the 11th inning to send LSU into the championship series against Florida, third straight season, well, if you count OU, as an SEC team now, which SEC fans all of a sudden are. <laughs> <laughs> so third straight season, it's all SEC. What's crazy is I saw somebody put the last – so the last three uh, championship series, it was Vanderbilt and Mississippi State, then it was OU and Ole Miss, and now it's LSU and Florida. And they're like, here's the crazy thing. And, you know, after next season – you could look on just the SEC regular season schedule, and that could be the series that are going on on any random weekend yeah. in SEC baseball play. But, uh, you know, LSU, I, I, in my opinion, LSU and, and Wake Forest are the best two teams, but Florida's been really good as well. So uh, it was an awesome game, though, last night. Yeah, that's that's – I like the low-scoring, obviously no-scoring game into the 11th i like those games because of everything you've said the pitching was awesome the defense was awesome it was baseball played the right way not a homer fest other than the one that was the game decider so very very cool very fun game and on the sec thing that's 
you know, everyone, yeah, football's always going to be king, but I think sometimes people forget how good and how big baseball is in the SEC. And that, that's got to get you excited if you're a baseball fan and an OU and Texas fan because it's going to have, they're going to have to elevate their game, you know, just like football. They have to get better on the field to compete in SEC play. The same thing can be said about baseball. They're going to, I mean, in facilities wise too, OU especially, Texas has a nice stadium, but, and they're going to, and they will, you know, the, the, the recruiting I think will get better because they could show that SEC logo uh, for both OU and Texas. It, it's got to get you excited because of things like that, because now there's the potential of a three game series with LSU coming to Norman or Florida or Ole Miss. I mean, the list goes on and on. Vanderbilt, could, it's going to be great. But the the series, uh, I, I'm interested in the championship series. I am. I, you know, Florida kind of reminds me of that. You know, well, LSU too. Just you know, teams get hot at the right time. That's a big part of baseball too. And those two teams seem to be the hottest teams. Um, I mean, LSU did something to Wake Forest that's hasn't been done all season. That's beat them in consecutive times. Right. They've not <laughs> lost two games in a row all season long. And Wake Forest, kind of like Tennessee or Vanderbilt, excuse me, of last year was that Tennessee? Tennessee. Tennessee of last year. They looked like they were unbeatable. They didn't even get it to World Series, and so that is what's cool for me about college baseball. Is unlike football, where sometimes like you, you'll have a Georgia and you just circle them in into that championship game in January because they're so good and so dominant, and usually they get there. In baseball, you, you almost kind of think, yeah, we'll circle Wake Forest in, and you still got to play the game, and you get classic games like that. And it takes classic games like that to beat really good teams like Wake Forest. It was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. From and you're right, I tuned in at at when it basically went into extras. That's about the time our power came back on, and I was in. I thought, man, looks like I didn't miss much. <laughs> zero to zero. This is gonna be fun. Man, I tell you one, ESPN has done a bunch of different things as far as different uh, different ways to show and broadcast the same thing. You know, you, you can watch the. the playoff college football playoff games multitude of different ways yeah you could do this with the college world series but one of them that that it's it the idea of it is cool the execution of it is going to be impossible did you ever get did you ever flip it over to ump cam no, i've tried it and it makes me sick and me too i mean it, you think okay this is going to be cool when you can see the pitch coming in the problem is as soon as they foul one off He's looking where the ball. I mean, it, yeah, it, it's be, it, it's what I would imagine like being out in the middle of an ocean on one of those crab fishing boats in the Bering Sea <laughs> when the <laughs> when the uh, the the weather gets cranked up uh, to, to the way that can be. I couldn't do it. I tried. No, I I've, just couldn't. I've tried do it. it in the past. I've tried it. It's it, for yeah. It makes me seasick. And I think it, it, from a scientific way is your body and when when your eyes see something and it hits your brain and you react like you anticipate right and that's what that ump is doing you know you see the, his movements and and putting himself in position and in the foul balls and stuff that reaction is right there in real time as is for us that's where our brains get sick because we can't react to it as fast as the ump does is, am i making sense yeah and and it, and it doesn't even have to be when they hit it yeah, he's uh, there's he's just constant moving, moving, constantly moving. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's an it's a it's an idea. I, I'm not gonna say it's a good or bad idea. Some people might enjoy it. Uh, us, I'm not knocking it because they're trying something to make no the doubt. game interesting to make people stay tuned in, and maybe kids will enjoy it. And heck, maybe it'll inspire somebody to be an umpire somewhere because <laughs> you know to see what it looks like. Go, I think I can do that, or I don't know. But it's just not my cup of tea. It's just not for me. Nah. You're exactly – it's just not for me. I can't do it. Um, yeah, that's true, Scott, on the text line. You'd think they'd come up with some kind of – like a gyroscopic mount for those cameras. That's a – yeah. Yeah. Like a – I use that when I film my kids' basketball games with the phone. I have one of those uh, – I forget what they're called. But they – it doesn't make it where it shakes. I don't want to make people sick on Game Changer. And you know what we do. We're constantly thinking of the sure. audience and – you know, does it sound good? Does it look good? So I have one of those things, and I just go back and forth. I'm not moving it around. That's actually not a bad idea, but those things suck battery. But anywho, that's actually not a bad idea. So <clears throat> we've talked about the economic impact uh, to, Oklahoma, to Oklahoma City with the Women's College World Series. Right. And 
So I looked up the numbers to Omaha. It's incredible the difference. And there's only one day long I mean if 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 both if if both World Series went the max days. Here in Oklahoma City it could go 9 at Omaha, it could go 10. And the difference, the only difference in the way this is set up, other than cross-bracketing, which is another thing I wish they would do because then we might get LSU. Think about it, that was for the title last night with LSU Wake instead of just a uh, get. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, so anyhow. Uh, but there's just an extra uh, – on those if games, it's the same day in softball. It's the next day in baseball because of the pitching and the rules and, you know, just the, the difference between throwing underhand and throwing overhand. So that that's the only difference in the in the setup of these things is one one extra day allotted in case of an if necessary game uh, that we saw last night uh, to get into the championship series. What do you think the difference is in money and in, in the economic impact to the city? Uh, I'm going to guess pretty big, pretty big difference. It's over three times bigger. Twenty five million to Oklahoma City, twenty five to thirty. It was somewhere in between there, north of twenty five, south of thirty. Eighty eight point three to Omaha. You think that's is that is is that just simply attributable to the extra seven or eight thousand people in the stands? Maybe that I, didn't spend the money outside yeah, as well. I have a little bit of a theory. Okay, a little bit of a theory. In this year's, for example, in this year, in last year's college women's World Series, the women's World Series, you had OU and OSU, two teams that didn't have to stay in hotels. You're not buying hotel rooms. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, but in, up in Omaha, I didn't see Nebraska there. I didn't yeah, see Creighton, Creighton there. Right, right. So, yeah, that just could, a theory. But and then and, that makes up but, some of it, sure. Yeah. But sure, that Stadium's doesn't make up bigger. That more seats, 60, 60 million. Yeah, worth, you know, more seats. Um, Omaha does a great job. You know, they built that new stadium a few years ago, and it's a it's a destination. And kind of like what Oklahoma City, and I really think Oklahoma City took the model of what Omaha did, and because they made it into a vacation destination, like that's the weekend or the week you circle. If you're a softball fan, we're gonna go to our vacation time is gonna be in Oklahoma City to go to the World Series. I think a lot of people, and I know people around this area that will drive up to Nebraska. And take some of their oh, sure. kids and their teams and stuff up there to see this. <laughs> Same the, thing. We're seeing a lot of little girls mm-hmm. go over there. So, but I, I think the OU OSU thing is a thing. Yeah, I think that helps. Just a little bit. Not sixty million worth. No, not that and much. It, but but if you a, add another eight thousand to ten thousand, I'm not sure how big that stadium is. It's, I'm sure it's twenty ish, and maybe for this, it's even higher than that. Yeah. I mean, I just got a text. Oklahoma's the only one that cares about softball. Yeah, except for the stadium is full. Every single game yeah. of 13,000 fans. I don't I mean, wish this upon OU or OSU of not making the World Series, but I would be interested to see if a year when they both don't make it, will those stands be as full? You know what I mean? Sure. Will they be as full? And mm-hmm. Well, at 11, at, at 11 a.m., no. No. If Oklahoma or Oklahoma State's not playing, the answer to that is no, which it's not up there, you know. But it, at night, I mean, people – here's the thing that I don't think people realize about that College World Series on the women's side – it has grown into a thing that that people want to go to without a rooting interest. Does it help to have OU and OSU? Hell yes, obviously. But it's it, it's like what you said with it's becoming that for the for the softball as baseball has been in Omaha. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a, a a buddy that we go to church with. He played at ORU. They were up there last weekend, you know, and he's like, dude, you got to do it. You have to do it. it rather, yeah. You know, he said it was cool that I got to to watch my my alma mater play. He's like, it's just one of those things that you have to do. If you have a – he's like, you've got Wyatt. It's something y'all have to go do. It's just one of those events that you need mm-hmm. to be at. Yeah. Now, so another thing that goes along with this, I guess across from the stadium, like across the street, there is a, a, a drinking establishment named Rocco's. And they started the College World Series Jello Shot Challenge. So what they do is they keep score with the eight teams and the fans that come to Omaha each and every year. Last year, I believe Ole Miss set the all-time record in their in their in their trip to <laughs> Shocker, Omaha. Shocker, right? An SEC school. Well, guess what? Well, guess what? Yeah, that record has not only been broken; it's been obliterated. And now with LSU in the championship series, so they get all day today with no game. For sure, tomorrow and Sunday, and maybe even Monday, 
LSU is doing to the Rocco's Jello Shot Challenge record what Tom Brady did over his last like five or six seasons, just running up the score to such a level that nobody is ever, ever going to catch it. They're just shy of 30K at the last update. I think Ole Miss was like 19,000. So they're, they're going to they're gonna more than double up this record by the time it's all said and done. And I'm not shocked. Oh, heck no. <laughs> Going into this, we looked at all the schools and went, yeah, LSU might be the school that's going to be the school to beat. And then we probably said uh, break records. But I was saying uh, off air, I was kind of impressed with ORU sh- showing. Yeah, so here's the leaderboard. You got it updated? And the, yeah, the last update, which uh, the, the next one will come at 1 o'clock. But the last update, which is 10 hours ago. I'm sure right there before closing time. LSU. Wait a minute. They'll do an update at 1 o'clock today? Yes. <laughs> How many people are going to get jello shots? Well, if you're, in an LSU, the if you're an LSU fan, probably all of them. <laughs> so LSU's got 29,023. It's, I see, 7, 14, 21, 23. That's more than everybody combined. Unreal. It really is. Okay, so you got two. That would be 28. Yeah. If it's not, it's real close. In second place, Wake Forest was 7,561. TCU was 4,662. And then, yeah, ORU, fourth on the list at 3,190. Good job by the Golden Eagle fans. Florida, 2,371. You'd assume they would come up. They might not get to Wake Forest levels for second, but they probably pass ORU, maybe TCU as well. But the squares, who knew that Virginia, their fans were such squares? 764? What an embarrassment. What an, I mean, I know you, I know they went two and two. I would, would, yeah, I would say they're the, uh, you know, this is a party, right? So they're the fuddy duddy at the party. Them and, I mean, everybody knew Stanford was going to be, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, well, I I think, what was Stanford? 790. Well, so Stanford showed up to the party and they just sat on the couch. Virginia didn't even show up to the party there. They maybe made an appearance and said, this isn't for me. <laughs> and they left, just like their baseball well, team. We can't smoke our cigars and drink our scotch. <laughs> uh, question, how many after the ball last night? I don't. I, at one point, That's a good question. At, yeah. So, uh, probably if this was 10 hours ago at 1 o'clock in the morning, or 11 o'clock in the morning, 11 o'clock at night, or whatever that be. My math's not working right now. At seven, like during that game, they were at 21 something. So there was eight more thousand from like, I don't know, let's say the fourth inning on. That is unbelievable. <laughs> Holy cow. And of course, that, that gets afterwards too. You know good yeah. and well that there were some celebratory jello shots. I wonder, you, I wonder how there- many Livy Dunn did. She's there. <laughs> Do you think there's uh there were okay let's say like teams that get eliminated and fans like hey hey good job you beat us I'm gonna buy your shots put this on LSU's tally yeah probably not to LSU fans <laughs> nah. uh, from the stories I've heard about them oh no not at maybe all maybe so though that's an amazing number that's an amazing number that's only gonna go higher I saw uh, I bet a, they get to forty they were doing a thing you know like they'll have like a thing between they might teams. get to fifty maybe. And they they had a camera crew in there, like, and there's Rocco's, the famous Jello shot, da da da. And they saw an LSU fan and had a tray of them, and he was trying to hand the camera guy one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just wait for the camera guy to go. No, I can't. I'm working. It was funny. He's trying to hand him a purple one of all yeah. things. <laughs> I, I saw one couple of trays worth that was a grand. They they bought in, in one one purchase was a thousand bucks worth of Jello shots. Unreal. So. With that tally, the latest update, they have sold 50,521. Well, there you go. We had this number. So LSU's not quite more than everybody combined because they're at 29 and the total is 50. So they're, they're close. No, 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 they are. I'm sorry. They are more than everybody. It's 29 for them. We and take away what they've done. 21 yeah. for everybody yeah. else. Yeah. Um, 
$252,605 generated because they're $5 a shot. It's a pretty good promotion. Rock, somebody at Rocco's, either Rocco himself or somebody else needs a raise. I'm telling you what. Because there's no chance in the world they would sell $250,000 worth of Jello shots if there wasn't a competition attached. Yeah. No way. I've been watching a lot of Bar Rescue. Yeah. He's not going to have to go to this place. No, 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 I no. I think they're okay. I mean, unless they're just awful the rest of the year. <laughs> this might get through the rest of the year. <laughs> no doubt. We'll be back. Hello, my name is Scott Garrison. You may remember me as Scott the Barber or just as Ron and Carla's son. I've been involved in our community since opening Scott's Barbershop on the southeast corner of 3rd and Main in 1998. Now I'm back in the same building as Garrison Financial. I started investing in my 20s. I invested through the dot-com crash and the Great Recession. I started caring for other people's money in 2018, and I truly enjoy sitting down with my clients, understanding their wants and needs, as well as what keeps them up at night. Whether my friends just want me to invest a little of their savings or want me to work with their tax and legal professionals to strive towards optimal efficiency, we can do it all. I believe communication is key to helping my clients reach their goals. For if we are faithful over a few things, we shall be given more. Contact me at scott at soonerwealth.com. Securities offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker, dealer, member, FINRA, and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Garrison Financial and Cambridge are not affiliated. This communication is strictly intended for individuals residing in the states of Colorado, Nevada, Oklahoma, and Texas. No offers may be made or accepted from any resident outside the specific states referenced. Cambridge does not offer tax and legal advice. The Skinny on Sports. This is one of the most awesome experiences of my life because I'm getting to drop a right down. I can't believe Welcome back, Skinny on Sports 98.1 FM, the sports animal. Dad Gummit. Dad Nabbit. I was visiting with you during the break and forgot to oh, clip out that sound. I'm sorry. Did, the ball. did you figure out what it was, and that's why you no, distracted no. me? You're gonna have to tell me from what's... being able to. You're gonna have to bring me up the to sound. Speed here. What is this sound you you speak of? To do it the next break. No, we really need. Uh, okay, yeah. Here's what we're gonna do. Let's okay. talk about the. Uh, we'll be right back. No, <laughs> let's make a change. We'll talk draft at the end. Let's uh, update everybody on the uh, OK Kids softball regional baseball tournaments in this segment. Then we, because it's it's draft related. What I need to clip out is draft ah, related. Gotcha. Okay. From yesterday's show. Okay. All right. So you you mentioned earlier uh, the the Canute eight U and ten U both got games in. Yeah. Yesterday, tell us what happened. Yeah. Well, the the I was with the eight U over there in Clinton. Uh, took on a really good seasoned Washington team. I say seasoned. They're a little older than our girls, but they could swing it. I'm not trying to build in excuses. They could play some ball and play defense. Uh, they quickly got up on us in a hurry, and eventually that lead uh, expanded to 11 to nothing. Um, got to the point where they needed a couple runs, and that would have been it for a run rule. Then our girls stepped up, got three up, three down, came up, had a great inning, and uh, but came up short. Had a chance in the fifth inning to possibly put push a few runs across the plate and maybe even win the thing because we were the home team couldn't get it done lost 11 to 7 so it just got it i think again not trying to build in excuses but keep in mind a lot of these girls are six years old just finished kindergarten or first grade and, and that was their very first of we hope many state tournament games between now and the end of their high school career so whoa, 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 whoa. yeah so you're telling me that the, a majority of this team can play in the same – be 8U for two more years? Yeah. Oh, my. There's a lot on this team, and I don't know if people realize this, that still qualify to be T-ballers. Oh, dear. But we brought them up because we needed the numbers. Mm -hmm. And you can play them up. Sure. And the parents agreed, that's fine. And we're going to – it's like, hey, we're going to take our lumps. Well, and, and our, you know, our man Jeremy Gray – God bless him because he's he's the calming voice to my panic. And there's times like last fall, and I give all these girls the credit because they put in the work. But last fall, I'm thinking, what are we doing? What are we doing here? And and here we are. They go and win a league title uh, a couple weeks ago, and and they made and their goals to make the state tournament, and they did that. And that doesn't come by. I mean, there may be a little luck involved, but they put a lot of work in, not a lot of the self work at home. Yeah, that's I mean, awesome. Don't, don't I didn't realize going. they were that young. Yeah, they're young ones. I thought this was just like when you say young, I was thinking, well, next year they'll be the old. The, there's two more years till they're the oldest ones in the division. Correct. Good yeah. grief. 
Yeah, but they but back to the game they you they're making those young mistakes, you know, cuz we can we'll say hey, two is hot, throw it to second, you know, not just field it and throw it the first every time or touch your bag wherever it may be. But we're making those throws and we just made some mistakes. And when they calmed down, they got the outs like we've been doing all season long and putting the ball in play and aggressively running the bases. You know, it was just too too little too late got too far behind got too far behind and couldn't catch up and i don't doubt that washington team uh will make the finals that they're that good they're really really good really well coached so um so that ended their day if they had won they would have played at 745 last night but their day ended and we're going to turn around and play today uh 10u i wasn't there so i can't give you the particulars but they had an easy outing against uh dibble like eleven to two is twelve a, to two. Twelve, thank you. Twelve to two is the final in that one. Uh, looking at the box, a, a lot of the girls up and down, putting bat the ball. I was told Dibble didn't have the greatest of pitchers, but she was throwing strikes, but wasn't that fast. And the girls were fundamentally just putting the ball in play, and as expected, and good pitching uh, behind uh, our girl Emma Elliott. So uh, they'll advance. They take on Dale, and you're. I was kind of paying attention to that you were too. Cheyenne had a 7-1 lead going to the bottom of the fifth, and Dale just yeah, came, back, it, and came won. back and won the game, went and took, took it to an extra inning. I think Cheyenne actually took a lead in that extra inning, yes. and, and Dale um, was able to tie it and eventually win it 9-8. to um, Devastating loss for Cheyenne, because that would have been fun to have a Canute-Cheyenne again matchup. That would have been the third time this year, and we're very familiar with each other, but now uh, – uh, the ten U Canute girls will get Dale. So, do you want me to go over the? I've got I've, I've got them all. Have the updated? I've, I've got them all pulled up. Yeah, they've actually been did updated they do it on the website. They did very good. Okay, I'll just it was being sent to me. So if okay. you have it, roll it. Yeah, on. I've go got ahead. it right here. So uh, let's start with the. Uh, this is the red bracket at eight U over at Clinton as it starts pouring down. I was going to say you're going <laughs> to give these times and it's probably yeah, the time, a point here listen, in about an hour. Yeah, here's time. Uh, times don't matter, quite frankly. But here, here's what the matchups will be. So in the in the red bracket in the eight U over at Clinton on the girls uh, the the softball side, Washington beat Canute, so they're into uh, basically the kind of the the semifinals of the red bracket. They'll play the Moreland Lady Cats. As Moreland knocked off Elgin Red, so and we've Mo- seen Moreland, and I can tell you that Washington Moreland game is going to be Moreland. This is this is Moreland Lady Cats two K fourteen. There's is two that, different ones. No, okay. it's the same one. We've seen them. We saw them. Because so, yeah, I noticed there's two Moreland Lady Cats in the 8U. This might shock you, but uh, they're, they're coached by a DeWalt boy. So, okay. <laughs> from Moreland, you, if they're coached by one of those guys, they're going to be pretty good. Then you got the Hobart Freeze. Hobart won two games yesterday. They were able to get both of them in. They beat Thomas, <clears throat> and they also beat Purcell. You'd mentioned uh, that Hobart in the league here was a good team. So they're in, into that semifinals of the red bracket they will play the winner of Blanchard Diamonds and Arapahoe Butler Indians. That game did not get finished yesterday. Uh, then you said Canute will play Thomas. Winner of that one will play Elgin Red. Purcell Elite will play the loser of Blanchard Diamonds and Arapahoe Butler Indians. So that's the AU Red bracket over in Clinton. In the blue bracket, you had the Weatherford Wildcats knocking off the Moreland Lady Cats 8-7. to seven. So the Wildcats of Weatherford will play the Merritt Storm. The Storm doubled up the Blanchard Bombshells 8-4. Then Chickasha Bat Attitude beat uh, Sentinel, I think it was 8-1. They await the winner of Clinton and Morris. That game didn't get played. No. Uh, Sentinel will play the loser of that game today, tonight, hopefully. So now we go to over in Weatherford with the 10U. Canute beat Dibble 12-2. They'll play Dale, who you said knocked off Cheyenne in extra innings. That's the only semifinal that's ready. Nobody else is there yet. Cyril and Middleburg, Thomas and Hydro Eakley. Cheyenne will play Dibble in an elimination game down in the other side of that bracket. Then on the red in the red bracket, Elk City was two touchdowns better than Okima, 21-7. They get the Chickasha Bat Attitude, who beat Cordell 10-3. So Cordell will play Okima in an elimination game. Burns-Flatdale City lost to Morrison. They're in an elimination game awaiting their opponent. That'll either be Moreland or Weatherford. So Elk City, Elkettes, Canute, both into the semifinals of their respective brackets. Then down in Ada at the 12U state tournament, we've got an all 
Western Oklahoma, I guess you'd call this semifinal. The Elk City Elkettes were flat out dominant. I've seen that 12U team play. They are good. Uh, they scored 17 runs in the first inning against Fletcher. 17? 17, nothing after one inning. They beat they beat Fletcher 19 to 3. Uh Leedy beat Elmore City in game one, eight to one. So that set up Elk City and, and Leedy in the second round. Elkettes win sixteen to one. So they're off into the semifinals and they will play Cordell. Cordell blanked Noble twelve nothing, blanked Preston six nothing. So either Elk City or Cordell, the Lady Blue Devils or the Elkettes, will be in the 12U state final after tonight down in Ada. Then that sets up, let's see, Leedy would go to F. So they're here. They're awaiting the loser or the winner, excuse me, of Noble and Clinton. Fletcher will play. No, no, no. Uh, Preston. That's who Cordell beat. So Preston will play the winner of Fletcher and Elmore City. So, yeah, Cordell and Elk City in the 12U softball playing today to get into the state finals. I may be wrong. Cordell seems like a team that was in the finals last year of a 10U. I don't know if it's the same group, though. But Cordell, I've noticed that kind of particular age group has been pretty good. Obviously, Elk City, like I said, I saw them play. You noticed something about good, Cordell's good two games. Tournament. You know what I noticed? Zeros. So it tells me they got good. They pitching. got a pitching. They got pitching. So that's uh, yeah, hitting. It just looks like hitting versus pitching. Just set up, but uh, anyhow, the Elkettes were awesome. Then let's go to the baseball stuff. Yeah. So regional baseball, we got two uh, divisions here in Elk City. The AU, which is coach pitch, they got. Every, every, of course, here's the difference between Elk City and a lot of these other places. The uh, Elk City's bracket hasn't had to change. Because all the games were played because of the turf. That's just a, it's, hmm. that's an inherent advantage. Here's the deal: it's worth the heat exhaustion that you suffer <laughs> in the summer <laughs> to be able. Like right now, it's pouring down rain. Yeah, it's not going to stop anything from happening this afternoon. That's the one advantage. You know, you, you take some, you, you win some, you lose some, and this is clearly a win uh, with what's going on weatherwise here in Oak City. So they, the eight U and, and everything's on schedule. The Elk City Bombers got two wins yesterday in the 8U. 15-5 against Lakeba Sickles, 10-8 over the Altus Drillers. So the Elk City Bombers will play Navajo 6-30 tonight for a spot in the regional final and, more importantly, a spot in next week's state tournament. Uh, so the winner of that is guaranteed to be in the state tournament. The loser will have to win a game and then play the other one in the finals, have to beat them twice to be regional champs, but both of those teams go to state. So the Elk City Bombers, chance to make it into the state tournament tonight at 6.30. Uh, the Elk City Smash uh, were defeated by Navajo. They will play at 5 against whoever wins the Arapaho-Butler-Lakeba-Sickles game. So they'll have to come back up, win maybe two games to play the loser of Navajo and the, and the Bombers. So a couple of Elk City teams there with chances to make it to the 8U state tournament. Then 10U, the Fire Frogs lost to Navajo 16-2. They'll play at 1 o'clock against the Hobart Hitmen trying to get back into that state tournament. Then 12U, nothing happened at Weatherford. At least the game started, didn't even get close to finished. Uh, So today, um, it's 1 o'clock and 3 o'clock. Just one second, I'll pull it up on who's playing. I'm sure they've got this update. So it'll be – uh-oh, that's not it. That's Washington. Hang on it. Hang on it, Skosh. Because there's two different four-team regionals in Weatherford. Woodward Sluggers and Cheyenne will play at one. Okarchi and Weatherford Bulldogs will play at three in, in one of those regionals. And then on the other, the other regional, Chickasha Chiefs and Hobart Sluggers will play at one. The Crushers of Elk City – and Alva will play at three. At least that's what the schedule is. So, we shall see how this thing ends up. Good stuff, though. It's all it's and fun, isn't it? When it ends up and where it ends up. <laughs> and if yeah, it wins yeah, up. Yeah, we'll see. Might have a... It might look like just a regular old weekend over here. <laughs> Listen, yes, I hope so. I hope calmer heads and... You know, cooler heads come to reasoning 
with that fact, yes. We shall see. All right, NBA Draft next. And some awesome sound by me. <laughs> Hello, my name is Scott Garrison. You may remember me as Scott the Barber or just as Ron and Carla's son. I've been involved in our community since opening Scott's Barbershop on the southeast corner of 3rd and Main in 1998. Now I'm back in the same building as Garrison Financial. I started investing in my 20s. I invested through the dot-com crash and the Great Recession. I started caring for other people's money in 2018, and I truly enjoy sitting down with my clients, understanding their wants and needs, as well as what keeps them up at night. Whether my friends just want me to invest a little of their savings or want me to work with their tax and legal professionals to strive towards optimal efficiency, we can do it all. I believe communication is key to helping my clients reach their goals. For if we are faithful over a few things, we shall be given more. Contact me at scott at soonerwealth.com. Securities offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker-dealer member FINRA and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Garrison Financial and Cambridge are not affiliated. This communication is strictly intended for individuals residing in the states of Colorado, Nevada, Oklahoma, and Texas. No offers may be made or accepted from any resident outside the specific states referenced. Cambridge does not offer tax and legal advice. The Skinny on Sports. Why don't you just tell us what you said? I said <laughs> the Thunder to. are going to take Case and Wallace. <laughs> and I couldn't find in that where I said it. At the very end, like, okay, who do you... Who do you think? Yeah, it was at the very end there. At the very end. Who yeah, do you I really think that. they're going to take? Right. You're right. Yeah, I remember that. And I and, and you were right. It was, Scott said, I remember him. what was his exact, sticking with who the hell is that? <laughs> when I said, okay, who are they really going <laughs> to yeah, take? Yeah. And you were on that same boat too. Yeah, who? I thought it would be a no-name project guy probably. And I said, it would probably be somebody like, it's going to be like Cason Wallace because you haven't seen him even mentioned with the Thunder. <clears throat> Now, now here's the question on the text line, and that's where we're getting to. Good pick or bad pick? With Wallace, or with, was yeah. the question? Yeah, that's the is is Casey Wallace a good pick or a bad pick? I think he kind of alluded to it in the opener. I think it's a good pick. I think the one and done guys from Kentucky have fared well in this league under Calipari, especially. So, I think this is a good pick. I think he'll be an immediate guy. Maybe a little bit of a development. Obviously, summer league stuff. You mentioned OKC Blue. I think he can be an immediate guy and an asset to this team. How about you? He does a lot of things well. The one thing that he's not is kind of different than some of the other things that they have. And I think that's the one knock from fans was, oh, another guard. Another guard. Well, I think that this does a few things. One, he's a solid basketball player, and he does a lot of good things, and he defends his tail off. But he's not. But you know what he's not? He's not one of the guys that we've seen in the past where he's defense, 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 but gosh, he's got to figure out a way to refine offensively. He's a pretty good offensive player already. Way ahead of some of the other guys we've seen Sam, per, uh, Sam Presti draft in the past that were essentially all defense and try to figure out a way to be able to shoot. Yeah, he's six foot two. He's a guard. I, I think what attracted Presti to him was is his defense more than anything. Oh, there's no and and here's here's what Oklahoma City has. And Chet may be able to be put into this category as well. We haven't seen him on the NBA level, but at least in college, he was able to do a little bit of this, what I'm about to say. But Oklahoma City has all five guys that can do two things, guard and handle. Do they have enough guys to make shots from the outside? Yeah. We don't know. But what they are is multiple. What they are is positionless. This is what the league is in a lot of ways if you don't have Jokic, right? Yeah. And and not a ton of people have Jokic. If you don't have Giannis or you don't have Embiid, everyone else kind of plays this way. And so in that regard, it's just stacking guys, stacking talent, and we'll figure it out later. Which 
I, I like this approach more than the cookie cutter, okay, we got to have a point guard, a shooting guard, a small forward, a power forward, and a center. Just not the way the league is, is anymore. Mm-hmm. Unless you find one of those, what, three or four guys? Uh, and I'm talking about the center. I mean, guards and wings, yeah, whatever. There's a bunch of those. But outside, but literally outside of Jokic, Embiid, what, Carl Anthony Towns maybe on that level, Giannis, outside of those teams – who else has that? N- nobody. And so in that way, I think it's good. Another thing that I think we can start, I think we can start the countdown clock on something else as well with this draft pick. I think we can start the countdown clock for Lou Dort's time in Oklahoma City. Oh, really? Yep. I think when we can that, start that, that clock. When does it end? When's that? When's a zero strike? That will depend on exactly how good this guy is, exactly how much Jalen Williams, Santa Clara, grows as a player. There's some variables in there. But to me, the countdown has started. When you can start really considering moving Lou Dort off of this team to another one. He, to, I mean, at least that's in my mind because yeah. when you think about the guys that are there, Shea is clearly higher on the pecking order than Lou. Chet right now is. We'll see. You know what I'm saying? But right now, Chet is clearly on the higher on the pecking order than Lou Dort. Then you get down here to kind of that that choice: is it Giddy or is it Dort? Right now, I believe Giddy is higher on the pecking order. Then Lou Dort, I believe Jalen Williams is going to be higher on the pecking order, and then so now you're down to pay Lou Dort seventeen or eighteen million dollars, or pay Casein Wallace three or four. And if you and if you're getting eighty to eighty five percent of the production for twenty five percent of the pay, it's an easy choice, right? And then you move that to get something else as the team develops. I don't think it's this trade deadline because I don't think I don't see the Thunder's trajectory being quite that high but next you know in that 24 season I guess next year will be the 20 so like 2024 2025 trade deadline if I was Lou Dort I'd start packing my stuff that's what I that's what I think this signals and it also signals one another thing Sam Presti cares not for drafting need over drafting who he thinks is the best player i think we knew that going in though right kind of but sometimes it felt like you know he, he almost pigeonholed himself into a need i need a wing that's long that you know he always needed one that could shoot never found that yeah yeah i, I was wanting the shooter last night more than anything but um yeah i mean we that's what i was saying he he, Sam does what he does, and and I and it's always in Sam we trust. But I'm with you on on this pick. I think it is an immediate help to the team. Um, it's an attempt to make them better now and not later. Yeah, I didn't think about the Dort thing, I, and now that makes me curious. How long does he hold on to him before possibly moving on with them? And, and what could he get for him? My, my question is. The longer does he hold on to him, does his value go down? Because That's, people, the perception of they drafted his replacement, uh, do we really want this guy? As of right now, say like, this is an up-and-coming guy. He's going to fit better on our team than the Thunder. We should try to get him. I don't know. I think you can. I think there's always a relatively strong market for a guy that does what he does on good teams, mm-hmm. on championship. I mean, because think about some of those teams that are out there, in, in even in these playoffs. Lou Dort fits on every single one of them and immediately makes them better. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. he's just – you don't think the Lakers wouldn't like the Lou Dort? I mean, no offense to Austin Reeves, but – or Dennis Schroeder, but come on. Those guys pale in comparison to what he can do. You know, and, and then you start to look at, at fits and, and who's lacking. You know, you know where he would be awesome at because they need somebody like him? Sacramento. Oh, wow, yeah. Perimeter defense. Yep. I think I think Lou, Lou Dort's value is directly 
tied into how much better a shooter he becomes. And maybe that value means he stays. That's true, too. You know, but yeah. but I think this, if I'm Lou Dort, I'm not taking six and a half threes a game next year. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm not doing that. Because all that would do is give the Thunder front office, Sam Presti in particular, an easy way to be able to go. He's not improving. He's not changing. You know what I mean? He's just, he, he's, t- he's taking too many shots. Taking too many threes. And and so I think that that's, that's what it signaled to me a little bit was Lou Dort could be – this could be uh, the, the beginning of the end. Because you look at the last three seasons, and I get it, they've been on a certain level. But he took six and a half, seven point seven, and five and a half threes a game, shooting 33 to 34%. Ain't it. That has to improve. Yep. Or he's going to be gone. Uh, fashion, real quick. There was one guy when I saw what he had on, I immediately changed my tune and did not want the Thunder to draft him. Do you know who it was? Yeah, clearly Grady Dick. No doubt. What was that? <laughs> I don't know. He looked like a Christmas ornament. Somebody described he, that. It is ridiculous. Was this an homage to Wizard of Oz? We're not in Kansas anymore because uh, of the ruby red color of that. I don't know, man. Call me old school Clint Eastwood get off my lawn kind of guy, but... What happened just to a nice suit? Just put a suit on and a nice tie. Tie your shoes, comb your hair, shave, and get up there and shake hands with the commission and put the hat on. You know who else had a pretty wild attire, but it was amazing how well it matched? Stephen A. Stephen A. Smith? Yes. Did you see his suit? I, You know, I didn't pay attention to it. I was. It was I, pink on pink, purple, pink. His okay, so he had a he had a, a certain shade of pink suit. He had a different shade of pink shirt that actually looked really good together. His tie had some pink and some purple mixed in. His socks were purple to blend in with the tie. It was what an amazing job by whoever put that suit on Stephen A. to get a lot of the the matching things working. Yeah, Grady Dick and me. There there was two things. I know a lot of people have said this. We got to get out of here. But there was two things that people said as leading up to the draft, like, oh, my gosh, I don't want him. One, for me, was Grady Dick's suit last night, or that at least the coat. It was just ridiculous. And number two, did you happen to hear who Brandon Miller called the greatest player of all time? Was it? No, it was uh, uh, Paul George. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know if I trust him with anything if he thinks Paul George is the greatest player of all time. Right. I'm about to move off of him, too. I know, by the way, he was at a shooting. That probably should uh, tell you a little bit of something about what what he thinks yeah. and his decision-making. But put those two things together. Looks like MJ's final pick with Charlotte could be a bust. <laughs> By the way, maybe we forgot to talk about that. How about MJ? You think he made a pretty good financial deal? On selling? Or, or buying, buying and selling? And selling? Yeah. I I would maybe I think it was 180 million that he bought it, and his part was 2.1 billion that he just sold. Oh yeah, then that's a good deal. Yeah, yeah. You think he's, he's always made good decisions. He his return or his his revenue off of that sale at 2.1 billion was more than he's made in his whole life from Nike. Wow. You know how much that is? 1.88 billion. Wow. We keep on using the word B with <laughs> Michael Jordan. Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, it's been a Garrison Financial (laughs) Friday. Everyone have a great weekend. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to right. Way back. Goodbye. Hello, my name is Scott Garrison. You may remember me as Scott the Barber or just as Ron and Carla's son. I've been involved in our community since opening Scott's Barbershop on the southeast corner of 3rd and Main in 1998. Now I'm back in the same building as Garrison Financial. I started investing in my 20s. I invested through the dot-com crash and the Great Recession. I started caring for other people's money in 2018, and I truly enjoy sitting down with my clients, understanding their wants and needs, as well as what keeps them up at night. Whether my friends just want me to invest a little of their savings or want me to work with their tax 
tax and legal professionals to strive towards optimal efficiency, we can do it all. I believe communication is key to helping my clients reach their goals. For if we are faithful over a few things, we shall be given more. Contact me at scott at soonerwealth.com. Securities offered through registered representatives of Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker, dealer, member, FINRA, and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Garrison Financial and Cambridge are not affiliated. This communication is strictly intended for individuals residing in the states of Colorado, Nevada, Oklahoma, and Texas. No offers may be made or accepted from any resident outside the specific states referenced. Cambridge does not offer tax and legal advice.